0: U.S. producer price inflation was hotter than expected in July, but new bank lending in China was weaker than expected. That's coming up in our five things in less than five minutes. And in our deep dive in five minutes, we hear from Sharon Zolner about how the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is set to pause for a second time on Wednesday. But it's not necessarily peaking. It could still go higher later in the year.
1: This is a resting spot uh, where they will survey the landscape and decide where they need to go from there.
0: But first, in five and five with ANZ, number one. Data out on Friday night showed U.S. producer price inflation was 0.3% in July, so that was a bit higher than the 0.2% consensus forecast. That pushed U.S. Treasury bond yields up around seven to nine basis points. But as ANZ senior international economist Tom Kenny points out, the main factor behind that was a rise in funds management fees. And he thinks the Fed is still on track to pause next month. If I look at a broader picture of inflation, when I look at diffusion or dispersion indices, so this looks at the pattern of inflation or price movements in in all the items in the indexes, these are all suggesting to me that the distribution of price changes are normalising, so getting closer to something like what the Fed would like. Number two, there was more downbeat news from China over the weekend. New bank lending fell 89% in July from June to 346 billion yuan. That's about 48 billion US dollars and way below the 770 billion yuan the market was expecting. It was also the lowest month's new lending in 14 years. ANZ's senior China strategist, Pang Jing, says the People's Bank of China won't be able to do much to stimulate in the short term because it's trying to stabilise the currency and cutting policy rates won't help much there. There was also news over the weekend that China's largest privately owned property developer, Country Garden, has suspended trading in 11 of its onshore bonds from this morning. It has US$194 dollars of debt, and last week it didn't make the interest payments due on two of its bonds. Its shares fell to a record low in Hong Kong on Friday night on fears about what a debt restructuring would do to equity investors. Number three, food prices fell 0.5% in New Zealand in July, dragging annual food price inflation down under 10% for the first time since September last year. ANZ economist Henry Russell explains.
1: What was driving that was somewhat surprising and we saw a big fall in fresh fruit and veggie prices. That doesn't usually occur. We usually see a seasonal uplift in the winter months. That said, it wasn't unexpected in the sense that prices are currently at unsustainably high levels, just reflecting the severe disruption we've seen from earlier in the year, things like Cyclone Gabriel and its impacts.
0: Number four, Brent crude prices briefly hit a nine-month high of 88 US dollars a barrel on Friday night on renewed concerns about Saudi Arabia squeezing supply and the IEA reporting demand for oil We'll hit a record high 102.2 million barrels a day in 2023. That's thanks to plenty of summer air travel in the Northern Hemisphere and demand from China. Number five, looking ahead for the rest of the week, ANZ Group Chief Economist Richard Yetzinger says central banks will be keeping a wary eye on some of these recent rises in commodity prices. I think most forecasters' expectations are the US economy will continue to slow as Fed tightening continues to feed through. And on that front, one of the things we're watching again is commodity prices. They've been coming down for quite a period of time, which obviously has helped the disinflationary trend, has helped the peak in global headline inflation. For reasons around OPEC, as well as some specific reasons in sectors like food, we've started to see commodity prices rise again. I don't think it will go too far but central banks will also be watching that. ANZ Group Chief Economist Richard Yetzinger there. Now for our deep dive. The main central bank news in Australasia this week is the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's monetary policy decision and its full monetary policy statement with forecasts on Wednesday. It's expected to hold for a second time at 5.5%. Here's ANZ's Chief New Zealand Economist Sharon Zolna.
1: So I think the RBNZ, like uh, last time, will be aiming to make as little splash as possible. I think they're probably quite happy with the market pricing. We've seen uh, the market's pricing about almost 50% chance of another hike. Uh, but then more importantly, they're not racing to price cuts. So actually, we've seen fixed mortgage rates lifting a little bit since their last review, Uh, whereas there was always going to be a risk that if they said they were done hiking, that the market would race to price cuts and that could actually see monetary conditions ease substantially. That hasn't happened. So actually, we think they'll be aiming to just hold things pretty steady. The Reserve Bank is sounding confident, that is the word they used, uh, that inflation is going to fall obediently back into the band. We're not so sure. There is definitely some low-hanging fruit in terms of the the goods inflation side of things. uh, But we suspect that the domestic inflation is going to prove stickier because we don't see unemployment rising as fast um, as they do. But even on the good side, actually, there are some emerging risks on the global front with energy prices now increasing again and food prices. So, So that tailwind could be about to peter out. Uh, but for now, that's going to just remain in the risk basket. We think that basically their forecasts will probably be fairly similar some unders, some overs. Uh, but overall, we don't think they'll be in a hurry to suggest that they're going to have to hike again or cut anytime soon. We are forecasting that actually by the end of the year, they will decide they need to do a little bit more. We'd characterise that 5.5% pause as their first pass at what is needed rather than the final word. In the last business cycle, they actually had two lengthy pauses followed by hikes. So uh, rather than necessarily a peak, uh, this is a resting spot uh, where they will survey the landscape and decide where they need to go from there. New Zealand
0: was one of the first of the central banks to hike And it went up from virtually nothing to five and a half percent. But actually, that's not as much as it has hiked before the GFC. And Sharon, you've had a look at this and compared how New Zealand, Australia and the rest, how much tightening they've done versus previous tightening cycles pre-GFC.
1: The world's major central banks, with the US Federal Reserve being the most important of them, they have pretty much raised policy rates to where they were last cycle. New Zealand and Australia, that is not the case. Now, in Australia, you could certainly argue that monetary policy could be more potent this time around because household debt is actually significantly higher than it was in the last business cycle. But in New Zealand, that's actually not the case. Now, that might come as a bit of a surprise to people. But basically, when you talk about debt, you have to think about it relative to income. New Zealand has a very, very strong employment rate. So that is to say unemployment is very low, even though the proportion of the population in the labour force is at record highs and around 10 percentage points higher than in the US. So there's a lot of people earning wage income and we've had very strong wage growth as well. So when you take all that into account, household debt is not actually uh, any higher than it was in the last cycle. In fact, it's a little bit lower than that peak. So given we've got slightly lower household debt, stronger inflation, stronger inflation expectations, stronger wage growth, lower unemployment, you know we're kind of running out of reasons to believe uh, that we won't need to raise rates similarly to what we did last cycle. I would have said that the falling housing market was a good reason, but the house prices have now stopped falling and now we're all just debating how much they're going to increase over the next 12 months. It's very reasonable to assume not much because we're all forecasting a recession or something close to it and rising unemployment and the housing market doesn't tend to do well in that context, but that's just sitting out there as, as another risk for the Reserve Bank to think about in time.
0: ANZ's New Zealand Chief Economist, Sharon Zollner, there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Monday, August the 14th. Can't you tomorrow, we will take a deeper dive into how El Nino is already affecting prices and the economies of the Asia-Pacific. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZs. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.